1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: All right, back here on Cody and Gold, 11 o'clock hour, coming up in about 45 minutes. We head right out to Arrowhead. You'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes here on 610 Sports Radio. Josh Klingler, chief silent reporter, host of Fesco in the morning, going to join us at 1230 today as well. Reminder, we are video streaming the show. This is just day number three for that. So if, uh, if you just kind of want a different feel to consume the show, you can go on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, and that's another way for you to interact with the show. And also a lot of people have commented today uh, that they're noticing what websites you're looking at over there, Cody? They, they can see that person's the just reflection through your glasses.
1: How many times are they going to text it? One person sent like 80 texts about the things that they thought I was
0: searching.
2: Are you on meat spin again? <laughs> that, that was the thing I Someone never heard Someone says that of your glasses
0: you are reflecting on your laptop monitor. Why? They said, why are you searching? Can
2: steroids help grow a beard? Can they? Well, testosterone boosters probably could. I, I want I want a legitimate answer here real quick. How many
1: days, do you think it would take me before I had a beard on my cheeks?
2: A beard on your cheeks? Because it'll happen eventually. It would just take a very long time. Well, no, you could have hairs on your cheeks eventually. Then it looked like a beard. Never. Never? Never? It's not just going to happen. You think I could just
0: get that derma roll? Well, I'm not going to (laughs) wait long enough to find out. I'm just saying, like, if I had to. On camera, you can definitely tell there's something on your chin, but (laughs) you can't. On the cheeks, you really can't see that there's anything there.
1: No, you can't. You can't tell.
0: So appreciate so. those that are checking out the stream on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, we'll continue to improve that going forward. Let's talk about this downtown stadium project because we know the the Royals officially announced their intent. They they're done with Kauffman Stadium at some point in the future. We don't have a timeline. Uh, is that four years from now, seven years from now? We, we we don't know. We know they will not be renovating Kauffman Stadium. Safe to assume it's inside of six or seven years. I, right? I think I think so as well. If you're we, announcing it. I'm with you. They got to figure out a lot of the financial aspects and funding for this $2 billion project. It's not a $2 billion stadium. It is a $2 billion ballpark district, something we have seen in plenty of other cities across this country, specifically with baseball. So it's the stadium. It's going to be hotels, residential, office space, restaurants, you name it. That's the concept and the idea behind what they're trying to accomplish. The sites are still being determined. They are in KCMO downtown or near downtown. If you guys have been following the story at all over the last year and a half, two years, you know there's a couple different locations that have already been reported in the news that maybe they had interest in developing East Village, among others. So that is something that we don't have an answer for. But I, I, I wanted to go through what I think are the four biggest questions, concerns, frustration, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, that people have about the project because it is a lot of unknown. I've seen... First and foremost, a lot about like, well, now I'm not going to be able to afford to go to Kaufman, whatever it's called, right? New stadium. New, new, uh, new ballpark. It'll be
1: the whatever.com. Just to know yeah, that it'll have yeah. a
0: corporate sponsorship. The
1: Royals and Arrowhead might both get off easy in that, although Arrowhead's now sold the stadium naming rights. G-H-A-J but Kaufman, Kaufman's going to get off easy because they're going to just keep it the way it is, never change the name. And then when the new stadium's built, be like, now we have a sponsor and it'll change every five to seven years like mm. any other team. I get why they want it. Downtown baseball has worked in almost every conceivable market who has chosen to do it. It works in the cities in which it already existed, like Chicago, and it's worked in the cities who have decided to take their team and then move them downtown in the same way Kansas City is trying to do now. It has largely been successful. Now we're just questioning whether or not it can be for Kansas City, and it feels like a huge undertaking. It just does it feels like a lot. Kansas City's trying to take on all at once. And I think that probably some of what's happening with that is, you know, Kansas city is dealing with the issue of like building the airport this, and then they think Arrowhead's coming next.
0: Yeah. So going back to like the ticket price thing though. Cause I want to go through each of like the, the concerns. Nobody knows what the ticket prices are going to be, but if you're, if you want, well, all I can give you is based on what some of these other cities have done that have downtown baseball. So the, the tigers have a downtown stadium. The twins do the pirates do The Rockies do, the Guardians do, and their ticket prices, believe it or not, were cheaper on average than the Royals were this season. So what I'm saying is like the idea, the idea, I have none of us know what the ticket, that's way down the road. I have no idea what the ticket price is. Obviously, I can't tell you for sure anything. Nobody has that answer. But if you're automatically just saying, well, downtown means automatically going to be so much more money, uh, not affordable to take the family. I don't know if that's true or not. No, if it's sporting I, all, events are kind of that, but I can already. But what things, I can but. tell you though is like what we do know of other cities that are downtown, and again, in Pittsburgh, in Colorado, in Detroit, uh, in in Minneapolis, in Cleveland, all have downtown stadiums, and their tickets were cheaper on average than what the Royals were.
1: It's hard because when I and, and I understand it because those are going to be ticket prices, affordability, parking. Those are the same like ten talking points, right? They're going to come up over and over sure. and over and over again. And I understand that to a point, but God, man, when you just listed off the name of those cities, PNC Park is beautiful. Rocky Stadium is super cool. Right there in Denver. Yeah, It's like, it, oh, well, I mean, look, I'm, we're not going to be able to <laughs> see the Rocky Mountains outside the stadium. Wait,
0: okay? what? what? I thought Nick this, had the idea just... to have the rotating stadium. It was going to solve everything. I was
2: going to save that for the random question of the day when we got to n- non-negotiables okay. the new stadium. Okay. Well, we'll have. get to that in a minute. Since
1: that's exactly where Nick is still, at least on this point. But it's, I think that two things can be simultaneously true. And this is where I think, I know everyone's not going to stand the same, but I really think that this is how you should feel as most fans. I love Kauffman stadium. I think it's a great place to watch a baseball game. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And if I had to keep watching baseball there for the next 30 years, I'd probably be a happy person and I'm simultaneously excited for what a downtown stadium is and will be and why the Royals are choosing that venture And then I'll be excited about everything that happens outside. Because everything outside of the actual physical building itself sucks. It all sucks. There's nothing to do. There's absolutely nowhere to go. It's just a big, giant, concrete, undeveloped nothingness. And if you're going to tell me, I'm going to have the choice of going down there and having those options. Because, yeah, Gold, I think if you and I got off work at 3 o'clock and we're like, hey, we're going to the game tonight. And I don't have to pick up the kids. Why don't we head down to the stadium at like 3.30 or 4? If we try to do that at Kaufman now, our only choices would be to sit outside the back of our trunk, crack open a 30 rack, and move on about our day. And at Arrowhead, the tailgating part is a much bigger part of it than at Kaufman. It's not that nobody tailgates, and I understand losing that ability and that that's usually not
0: a baseball thing and
1: it happens in kansas city because there is i but the reason why i
0: think it happens with baseball in kansas city is because there aren't other choices well it's there's not other choices Football, i think it's a thing there's a thing that we do there's not other choices but also there's a gigantic parking lot which takes me into the next because i just want to go through again the four or five things that i think are fair and questions that that everybody has about this project and so you mentioned the parking lot with tailgating. So let's go into the parking thing because that always, 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 three years ago when it first came up that they might move downtown, when when T-Mobile, a well, Sprint Center I guess it would have been at the time was being discussed, Park like at parking, number one thing that I, I consistently see when it comes to the, to the stadium projects, right? Like that's a concern for people, traffic, parking, ingress, egress, all that kind of stuff. And I, I've told you no matter what city, so even if you were in a small market, You're talking about a minor league baseball stadium. When I was in Boise, people were freaking out about parking for that. Was it downtown? It was going to be. It never got done, by the way. The project never happened. Um, But it was. It was going to be a minor league baseball stadium downtown in Boise. It's much smaller market, totally different setup. But there, parking was the number one thing people were concerned about. And I'm not saying like you should just not question it. But let me just ask this question because I I don't know what it's going to look like. Two billion dollars and out? Go You're good. So,
1: it's it just is, like you
0: get frustrated with I'm with it. you. So, one, there is more parking downtown than I think people realize. There was a really good graphic that was I I tweeted out last night. And I and honestly, I apologize I don't know who initially put out the map of parking downtown. And you would be surprised. There's more parking than buildings. And and also, here's a novel concept. Parking goes underground as well. So just because it's not it's amazing how that works sometimes, Cody. I know. Excuse me. I know. And,
2: and parking can go Nick, up. Nick, have you ever parked? And, and parking can go up. Have you ever parked underground? It's,
1: Let's confirm that the that, that parking underground I'm going to be honest
2: with you guys. I park under, underground every single day. So, wow.
0: Every day?
2: Every single so, day.
0: It's not always just visible parking. And it is possible to have parking without just one gigantic lot that has 25,000 parking spots. You know, that, it doesn't mean that there's not parking. And what you were about to say, Cody, is my biggest thing. None of us know the full plan. The Royals don't know the full plan yet. But all these other downtown ballparks have found a way to make parking work. It's going to look different. But why do you think we here in Kansas City would not be able to accomplish the same thing. We have one of the greatest why, sports architecture what? firms in the world in this city. Something oh, tells me they'll figure what? it out. Why why would you not think that Kansas City could figure out parking slash transportation? Because I think that is a big element to this as well. The public transportation options, obviously in the city, have to grow. We talked about that with the World Cup. That's something that has to be fixed and continue to expand. But like the idea that, yeah, they're gonna have this two billion dollar project and nobody's gonna ever be able to get down there. Like, no, come on now. Let's be let's let's be realistic about the situation i don't know what it ultimately is going to look like because again the royals don't know ultimately what it's going to look like yet but i i don't they did see that people freaked out about that rendering though because
1: it didn't have any of the things they want it didn't have crown vision it didn't have enough fountains it didn't have the things that they're used to i can i mean it, it seems hard for me to imagine that like that, and I understand. Like, it's not. It's not like it's unreasonably be concerned about some of the things. Like the price yeah, tag. Yeah, no, they're all fair. The price tag and who pays for it is probably my biggest concern. Definitely. Two billion dollars, and the Royals said that that's in construction costs and maintenance fees. In order to do it, they think it costs the exact same amount of money to do it at Kauffman. Now, I assume that that construction part of it is like we're going to build some of the stuff that we also want. But if we just try to do it here versus try to do it downtown. And they're saying it's going to cost the same. So why wouldn't we go downtown? Because downtown baseball has worked in so many different areas. I think that that should be your biggest concern. How much it costs and who's going to pay for it? Because I don't think that that's a crazy thing to be trying to find out from the Kansas City Royals. A team who has been from the very beginning mentioned a public and private partnership in which ownership and the team will put in some of the money how the state will probably be asked to put in some of the money, how Jackson oh, County sure. will be asked to be put in some of the money. They will go hit up major league baseball for some of the money. Or, you know, I understand that there are questions that come with it, but it feels, I feel like the yeah. biggest, honestly, do you think that the big, cause I think in my brain, the biggest issue people have with it is that they like Kaufman. Sure. And I think that that's, that's something it's that in the pr- that's a, price tag. That's a yeah. really tough thing to get past. I like the place we go already mm-hmm. because it's not the Metrodome. It's not a dump. And we all know it's a dump and we <laughs> should all just burn it to the ground. Cause this yeah. stadium stinks. It's hard. Cause Kaufman is a beautiful stadium. That's the part that makes people walk away. I'm going to spend two and billion million for something. I already like and, the other thing.
0: And they did a great job with the renovation that ultimately landed the all-star game here in Kansas. City. They did, they did an incredible job with, with renovating and that was obviously using public money to get that renovation done. Same thing with Arrowhead and, and, and some of the things that they had done a- out there. I, I think you're right on the Kaufman angle. That's, that's a huge part of it because it's what we're used to. It's, it's change. And I think that also just automatically for some people can scare some people away. Like you're, you're used to what's worked for you. Like why it's, there's nothing wrong with it in your mind. It, why, why change? I, I don't know if they're the same people, but we heard very similar things. And to, to this day, we still do. About the airport. About the new airport terminal. Yeah, there were. That's going to open up here in a couple of months. Because we all admit, KCI, from a convenience standpoint, it doesn't get any better. Right? Doesn't get any better. You park. Walk in five minutes 20 before your minutes, plane 20 goes. minutes later, I'm through security. It's amazing. Tops. So that was people. That was, and I feel like it's the same type of deal here with Kaufman. What's wrong with Kaufman? It works for me. But there is an element of status quo isn't always a good thing and look change isn't always a good thing either uh, no, no doubt change for change isn't a good thing either but if you're trying to compete with other cities in this country and grow kansas city and stay up to date and, and surpass them we know this city is kind of on a heater right now with what they've got going on I mean, you got the airport you've got the draft coming we got the world cup coming you have got the sweet 16 and elite eight coming to kansas city just let's talking, keep it going right Right. And and we know the current stadium, of course, is getting getting which built will be the first professional
1: women's stadium um, in the world.
0: Yeah. And and then we'll see what the Chiefs end up doing, because that's, they'll do something that's going to be impacted by what the Royals are, you know, are deciding to do here. Speaking of the Chiefs, I know
1: that I brought this up maybe a couple of weeks ago, Gold, but I think it's worth mentioning again, because it's one of their more noticeable flaws. And it feels like something that can burn them eventually. You had mentioned that you can turn the ball over three times against Jacksonville, not get any turnovers yourself and still win. Uh, They won by 10. It was not particularly hard. They managed to accomplish it. But their lack of ability to get a turnover, which is in turn ruining their takeaway giveaway margin is a problem. They now have 10 giveaways to just eight takeaways. Turnover differential is, I, I, Gold, I, you've covered uh, football at pretty much every level. You're in Topeka Wichita. You covered some high school football. You were in Boise. You covered a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. You're down in Kansas City. You cover the Chiefs football. What is do you, what What thing do you think that a coach talks about more than <laughs> anything in relation to winning and losing? Turnovers and winning the turnover battle. Kansas City is the sixth lowest differential team in the NFL. Their inability to have a ball hawk to have a guy who can go get the football is concerning to me. The teams below them are New Orleans, bad Colts, bad Rams, bad Packers, mediocre Cleveland, bad. Like it's, those are the only teams who rank below them in that margin. And I understand that a one game sample size is certainly skewing that. And if I just simply said that they were even in this last game against Jacksonville, they would be closer to top 12 or 15, but they need somebody to take over the, I go get the ball duties. And I feel like the only logical answer to that is probably Trent McDuffie.
0: Yeah, that's what we were talking about with Nate yesterday when Nate Taylor from the Athletic was in the studio. That is that the the benefit that he can provide this defense as much as anything as well? Not just being kind of a lockdown corner, but if if they don't have any ball hawks back there, who's the most likely candidate? And since we haven't seen him not be that as well, it's it's kind of that's why you're still optimistic that that's something he can be because he's so athletic. He's had to be athletic. That's his game. That's why he got drafted where he is. He doesn't have the size. He's had to make up for it, and he does make up for it. With his great athletic ability, and so yeah, maybe that's an area where they can help them. We just mentioned the red zone numbers and the seventy percent touchdown rate given up. Well, what's one way to stop that? Getting some red zone turnovers. They they probably lose. In fact, they do lose that week two game Any against man. the. They lose that week two game against the Chargers. If it's not for a red zone turnover, correct? Pick six for, from Jalen Watson uh, against the same Chargers team the Chiefs are going to face. This Sunday, although I say the same Chargers team, they really are quite a bit different. So are the Chiefs now, based on injuries and where everybody's at. But, of course, the same opponent uh, directly. So, yeah, I mean, McDuffie might be the answer to that. Got to continue to see. We're still talking does that about mean you gotta 10 quarters.
1: Does that become a big offseason need then?
0: Because people, like to
1: me, ball-hawks don't. they don't develop in a ball That's what I'm saying. Like They have yeah. those skills or they don't. So either you can go target a free agent who is good at that thing, right? Gets a million strip sacks or gets a bunch of interceptions or whatever. But we agree that that is just an inherent skill that you possess. That's what we talked about with Justin Reed. Tyron Matthews, a ball hawk. Justin Reed is a good safety. He's not a ball hawk. They might be good in uh, similar areas or good in different ways. But the one difference between switching from Tyron Matthew from Justin Reed is Justin Reed has never been a player who has gone to go get turnovers. And Tyron Matthew has been. Like, so that, yeah. like we can talk different about a lot of safety. There are plenty of things you do not miss in Tyron Matthew not being here, right? There's plenty of things that are just like, it's fine, whatever. But he does have two interceptions and he always seems to find four or five or six. And Justin Reed's never had more than three at any point in his career, which means that difference, those one or two picks that might not sound like a lot, but from a turnover differential standpoint, from a game changing play standpoint, it's big that in two other games. He's out there getting some interception that the other team isn't that a different player isn't. Like, I, I feel like that might become an off-season priority if all of a sudden we get to the end of the year, man, and they have like 11 takeaways, which are on pace for what? They've got eight and nine games, so I guess they're on pace for 16 takeaways yeah. on the season, 15 takeaways on the season. they got to find a way to improve that number as the season. He seems like the only guy that I could be like, maybe he's a ball hawk.
3: Trash of the day.
0: All right, let's get to the trash of the day. I think this is something that we could accomplish with our listeners. Oh, okay. Uh, and it would be a world record, and it's something that's easy. Now, Cody can't we participate. To send a couple, you can't, I, can't, why can't yeah, I participate? you're not able to. Sorry, man. Here's well, why. Sit this, point this one, one out, room? man. Yeah, you can't do this well, one. Well, tell me first before uh, I well, agree to sit out. So a bar in Wyoming hosted a Guinness World Record attempt. Uh, and a, group of men, a group of men clipped their beards together and created a 150-foot chain. Um you're out on this one, man. We can't, there's nothing to clip to. So, you don't think that your beard can't get clipped? Okay. Nick, we could clip a string could you to an entire three weeks. I don't know. You had to stand there, not move. Uh, and basically, the chain was measured 150 feet. It broke the record of 62 feet and six inches in 07. So, we need to break 150 foot um, beard clipping? Yep. You know, you should see some of these beards. That were, I mean, some of these were pretty incredible. But you're out, man. Mine's <laughs> this gonna this mean,
1: mine could be the last beard. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, it's just a clip.
1: The, but if in two weeks, maybe there'll be enough hair on my mm. chin. I think we so can. Wait, you want to our set our a world record as a show with the listeners, yep. and you want to exclude me?
0: We should have done this in November this month. we should. Maybe next year we can set this up. Well, this is a world record that we can accomplish. It's basically, get a string, and you, you basically have a string, and every, it goes. it's tied together through everybody's beard, 150 feet of it. Yep. In Wyoming, they just did this.
1: Uh, yeah, I probably can't participate. You're going to have to grow yours much longer, too, by the way. It's not like you got a real clippable beard. No, I mean, mine's
0: just, mine's just as long as Nick's, though. No,
1: Nick's is definitely longer than yours.
0: Mine's longer. Yours is just fuller.
2: That okay? There you go.
1: To be able to clip
2: fullness. A little bit of a backhanded compliment, if we're being honest. From who? From you. What do you mean? I mean, you're saying you have a better beard than me, which you do, but it didn't need to be said, you know. (laughs) No, I said, said, and he agreed. I, said, I don't know
0: that's on him. I said it's longer, and you said, no, it's not longer. It's thicker. And I said, oh, okay, true. That's all I said. <laughs> yeah, he just
1: agreed with your assessment <laughs> of your own
0: beard.
2: Well, it's kind of like when I'm golfing with someone, and they're they're like a six handicap, and I'm a 17, and they're like, oh, we're about the same. I'm like, you're going to make me say it? You're going to make me say it? The no, we're not. The difference between six and
1: 15 is, I don't regularly put up doubles, and you do. Pretty much. Like all the time. <laughs> I don't know why you would exclude me from this. Should we go back and the show you to set it again it. as a world Records? We tried a couple, remember? I think there's a we couple. We tried to stack M&Ms once. I'm still pretty sure I broke that record for opening and drinking a full Capri we, Sun. Yeah, we, we, that was weird. We both it
0: seemed broke that too, world record. It seemed too easy. We, there's no way we were doing it the way you actually have to do it. It's either that. Here's the other option. There's a whole list of world records that have been set in the last week. Uh, it's either the beard one or... In London, they got 325 people together and cleaned shoes at the same time. That was a record. That doesn't seem as fun. So all we need that is 325 people. That seems like, like the opposite people. of fun. That seems easy though. Yeah, we don't even. Yeah, you, you just need. You don't you need 325 people. To clean their shoes at the same time, and we set a Guinness World Record.
1: Is it rude to break someone's world record that was just set, or no. should we go for like an older one? No. Who
2: cares? No, there's no. There's Are no decorum and world record. Do
1: you not remember? Breaking?
0: You don't remember here in Kansas City? Seattle tried to take the loudest stadium record. The next week, the Guinness guy showed back up to Arrowhead, and we beat the ass, and we still have it 142.2. <laughs>
1: They need a list of most easily breakable records. That's what I need. I feel like the shoe cleaning
0: is easy. I mean, you just need to get enough people. Like, there's nothing hard about cleaning the shoe. You need 325 people, 326. It's going to be so boring, though. Very boring. The beard one's more exciting.
1: And you know how frustrated we're going to be if it turns out, like, 325 people, like, RSVP to come to this thing, right? And everyone's coming, and then a few people don't show, and then we got to, like, we're begging, like, five more people to show up so we can break this record. That sounds terrible. Like, we need one that requires less than 325 people. I'll say that.
0: That is the trash of the day. Reminder, coming up in about 20 minutes, we're going to head out to Arrowhead. You'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But up next, it's the Chiefs' Red Half Hour, the domination of the AFC West, and why it is possible for the Chiefs to do something that Tom Brady did.
3: Listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. GAN Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's that betting show every Thursday night at seven o'clock, right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. <laughs> Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtus and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half
0: Hour on Cody and Gold every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner the Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour is brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Coming up in about 15 minutes we'll head out to Arrowhead and you'll hear from Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes. We'll get Andy's uh, latest on Juju's health, Nicole Hartman's health, uh, Andrew Wiley's health as well. So be I mean, the first time we've heard from Andy really other than the quick press conference after the game, normally on Mondays, he would speak. He did not. So we'll find out. I'm assuming Juju, of course, is still in concussion protocol. I don't think he could even get out of concussion protocol uh, n- until Friday. And then McCall Hardman was already ruled out last Friday for, for this past Sunday's game. And uh, for those of you that are watching on our video stream, you saw Carrington oddly <laughs> dancing behind us. I don't know; he's in such a good mood mood because his Jayhawks won last night. So I think that's why he was really excited. Why is he gotta so, do that to you? There's just no really need. Excited. For it. The Jayhawks found a way to get a win against Duke, and
1: and he says he's gonna hate this year more than most. I think well, because of, of Grady, Grady Dick, Dick, who's a very just generally early on hateable player. The I guess.
2: puns on his name, oh, it's incredible. They've gotten worse. So, so yeah. many. Well, so they just they're not they're not original. See, I'm surprised to hear this from Nick. I thought Nick would be all about the Grady Dick puns. Okay, listen. That
0: seems right up your alley. Okay,
2: but you know this about me, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I don't take the low-hanging fruit just to make, like, the easy sophomore joke. I I appreciate some creativity, (laughs) some originality, like, just taking, like, the saying his last name and then saying stroking it. Like, okay.
0: I agree with you, but again, on this very show two weeks Let's ago, you talked past. about Let's Grady not- Dick
2: being wet. So, like, I said, his jumper was wetty.
1: Scott Van Pelt <laughs> on SportsCenter <laughs> last night said that he um, hit the back door, and then people immediately oh, had and a he got fun ma- with-
2: and he got mad because, because he's like, what am I- he, he didn't goes, mean that, he yeah. goes, for yeah, F's sake, yeah, 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 yeah. it's his last name. What do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, that that's gonna be an all that's gonna be an all year type of thing. But anyway, we can talk about them later. It is the Chiefs, Red. Red half hour. Uh, this AFC West, though, I I think when we saw Russell Wilson join the division, we obviously know Herbert was here, and you said, okay, well, the Raiders were a playoff team, and they added Vontae Adams. That, man, it's going to be tough to have any chance of going on a Patriots-like run through the AFC East. Now They still got a long ways to go to get there. They do. But I'm willing to entertain it more than ever. If this year where we thought this division was going to be what really the AFC East is and the NFC East is, where right now the AFC East has four playoff teams in it. That's what we thought we'd be sitting here talking about the AFC West. Three or four teams have a chance to make the playoffs. That's what that division is. It's not what the Chiefs division is. Brady dominated a weak AFC East for a you know a decade and a half. Mahomes hasn't been here for the full run here in the AFC West. But why, why can't he get to 10, 11 straight AFC West tiles the way this is going? Think about the Broncos situation. Russell Wilson, they can't get out of that contract until 2026. Put aside the coaching issue, they can find another head coach, but it doesn't matter if they find another head coach unless Russell Russell Wilson's bad. No, it really doesn't matter. The Raiders, who knows about their coach? Uh, Their quarterback isn't their long-term option anyway, even if Derek Carr was playing well. And then the Chargers, coach problem. Herbert's the real deal, but that team can't stay healthy. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. He can't stay healthy even when he was younger. They got problems too. Well, yeah. Why why can't the Chiefs, who weren't supposedly – all in this year, they're going to be in a better cap space next year. They got draft capital next year as well. They're, they're set up much better than any other team in this division. After they win the
1: division this year, which I thought was a lock after week three, and certainly have only strengthened my position since then, Gold. Once they win the division this year, they'll won it seven times in a row, which is the second longest streak in NFL history. I think they'll get to at least 10. Because two of these teams are lifeless with no hope, man. The Raiders, the last three drafts combined for the Raiders, have bored zero fruit. And while one really good draft full of draft capital can propel your team, see the, I think Nick, maybe you pointed out the Jets. We're a really good example of that here recently. We're like, you have one great draft and you can kind of change your fortunes a little bit.
2: Well, I mean, look at what they're getting from their draft class this year. And it, it would have been been even better if Brees Hall gotten hadn't gotten yes. injured. But you got Sauce Gardner immediately a plus starter. He's a top five corner in the league right exactly. now. Exactly. How often can you get that? You get Garrett Wilson, who looks like he's going to be a stud receiver. Those are two important positions and... Jermaine Johnson, a pass rusher. I think he already has three and a half sacks on the year. So those are three of the top five most important positions. And you nailed them in one draft. But the Chargers don't pick
1: high enough to really do what they just did. They can't just solve it in one year. And their quarterback's getting ready to get paid. And as Gold mentioned, all of their stars on offense are starting to get older. Williams, Eckler, doesn't matter. They're all getting older. So we know that that's part of the issue here for them as well. And the Broncos gave up all their assets. They can't even fix it with a single swoop in the draft either. They don't have any picks. They gave them all to Seattle, who's apparently now just gonna pick in perpetuity in the top 10, thanks to Denver, while they continue to win way more games than them. The AFC West is so much worse than I thought. I think it's a pretty I, I think that they're gonna get to 10. I think they're getting to 10 straight AFC West titles. I know this is normally the day we do like the AFC West whip around. And that might be when we have this conversation, but I feel pretty good they're getting to 10 right now. Because how can you tell me that it's not going that direction when they were the team that was supposed to be in the most rebuilding mode as far as roster goes? And they are one win away on Sunday from being such a heavy favorite that no reasonable person could bid a single dollar on another team in this division. They'd have a three-game lead and won both games against their main competition in the division, and the other two teams have no chance to catch them.
0: Yeah, they'd be where the Vikings are right now in the NFC North, where the Vikings are minus 3,000 to win the NFC North because of that kind of lead. The Chiefs are minus 1250 right now as of last night to win the AFC West. They're more than in the driver's seat. Is this
1: just a lot of good plans gone bad? Because Denver's plan wasn't bad. No, it, it made just sense. failed miserably. What the hell? The Chargers is the one that still is the most befuddling. But I don't all the think
0: time. I don't think their plan was crazy. Um, no, they J. signed Mack, we wanted Jackson. we wanted J C Jackson here in Kansas City The dude was one of the best corners in football. And they went out and got Cleo Mack, and Cleo Mack actually is having a good year for the Chargers. They just he didn't have anybody else with them. Bose is hurt again, so that that was the was always the thing about the Chargers in the offseason. Roster wise, they should be one of the best teams. Should be one of those top three teams in the AFC. But it's the Chargers. <laughs> it's the same yeah. old stuff. And Some of it's look, coach, though. I mean, it just is. Some of it's just coach. It I don't believe in Staley as much as I did at the beginning. And if the Chargers won on, or lose, excuse me, on Sunday, then they go to 5-5. Five and five. Now, I don't think it'll be – I won't write them off of a wild card spot yet at 5-5 five and five because they do have talent and Justin Herbert. But they'll be – I mean, if they fall to 5-5, five five, knowing what's going on with the AFC well, East, they put themselves in a really rough spot.
1: They wouldn't make the postseason if they started right now, right? All they Thor- would not. AFC East teams would instead, yes. including the Bills, who'd be the sixth seed somehow. Nice.
0: The Chiefs would be the one. The Dolphins would be the two.
1: Titans would be the three. And then every other AFC East team essentially makes up the rest of the playoff field, which is wild in its own right. But that's the way, like, the this is, this is such great news for Kansas City because there are better quarterbacks, good, better young quarterbacks in the AFC than there are in the NFC. Everyone in the NFC is either old or... Or not of the talent, you know, they're like uh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott might be the best younger quarterback in the entire NFC. Instead of the AFC where you have Mahomes and Herbert, Burrow, and maybe Jalen Hurts, I guess, in the NFC. But, you know, you have a lot, and Tua now in, in the AFC gets to be a part of this conversation. There are a lot of quarterbacks who could stand in the way or could at least cause problems for you where that, like, you being in it every year thing doesn't seem as easy, but it is if you just stand atop your division every single year, because winning your division every year, having a chance for the one or two seed every single year. That's what's going to drive Kansas City into this really big effort to be so far ahead of the rest of the teams, because we thought the AFC East was going to be the pushover for the next three years. And
0: it looks the opposite. It does. No, oh, it's amazing how quickly things have shifted. They, they are absolutely the division that we thought the AFC West was plain and simple. We thought we'd be sitting here and wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought it was crazy on week 11. If we said the AFC West had four teams technically in the playoffs, we'd be like, well, yeah, we thought Herbert Mahomes, Russ, Derek Carr, even like, oh yeah, great rosters. And instead it's the AFC East. That's why it's stunning and give credit to, to what they've been able to do with the jets and the dolphins in particular. Obviously the Patriots will see if they fall off as well, but the biggest surprise there is what the jets and, and to a certain extent Miami has been able to do. I know bigger picture stuff will have the rest of the, the season to talk about, you know, does Miami have the ability to go on the road and go in cold weather? And they've never won a playoff that.
1: game, so that, we all just sit around here and wonder if they're even
0: capable of it, sure. And Mahomes, we know, hasn't had to go on the road, but we know we can play in cold weather. Like, that'll be the next big challenge for Tua. Is like, can he prove, if they're, if they don't win the division, and if Tua has to go on the road to Kansas City or Buffalo or any cold-weather city, Tennessee for that matter, uh, which is very possible that the Titans could be hosting the Dolphins in that first playoff game. That, if the Dolphins don't end up winning that division. I don't know that they, I mean, yeah, that's the key. If Miami doesn't even
1: knock them off of their perch automatically.
0: Up next, we head out to Arrowhead and hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed. What's Juju Smith-Schuster's status? We'll get that from Andy Reed.
3: Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. Gann Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot, trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider Vinny Pasquintino this football season with Cody and Gold.
0: My Twitter is about to unload
3: of <laughs> <a> football <laughs> tweets. <laughs> First, JetScape that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio.
1: T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. It's